air breathers. This is SpongeBob SquarePants, and you are filling your ear holes with an elegant weapon, the best podcast on land or sea. Bah! May the force be with you. An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 184. My name is Jay, the Jedi Ross. Please excuse me while I flick my bick. Hey, kids. <coughs> welcome back. It's good to be here with you again in the L5J studios. Tonight, we welcome longtime friend of the show, one of the coolest human beings to walk the face of the earth, Miss Cosmic. Casey Pierce. If you heard last week's episode, we chatted with Sean Seal. He's the artist of a new project coming from Source Point Press. That project is called Nora. Guess who wrote Nora? Casey Pierce wrote Nora. You might be familiar with her collection of short horror stories from last year called Pieces of Madness. It's really, really cool. You should pick it up. You should read it. I believe it's available on the Amazon, but uh, you need to find it. Uh, She joins me tonight, and we talk about Nora, and we talk about a lot of other fun, sweet, wonderful things. I love talking to Casey because Casey is very open. Casey is very honest. The coolest thing about today's episode, though, is that if you are listening to it on the day that it drops, it's February 2nd, 2016, which is also the day of the launch of the Kickstarter for Nora. So we're starting this party off right. So after you listen to this episode and you hear how awesome and wonderfully cool that Casey is, you can go straight over to Kickstarter. You can type in Nora, N-O-R-A-H. You're going to find it that way. Uh, you're going to pledge. Uh, it's a very, very humble humble fundage that they're looking for it's only five hundred dollars it's nothing i'm predicting uh 36 hours you'll hear me call it in this episode i think it can be done and it's you know it should be done because this kind of project is uh it's very very exciting it's sean and casey's both foray really into making an entire comic book unto their own and uh, that's very cool. This team came about, uh, of course, by uh, the way of Travis, the hitmaker McIntyre of SourcePoint Press. And I'm so glad that he teamed these two up because they're both awesome people. So listen to last week's. If you didn't, catch up with Sean Seal. And right now, listen to this with Casey Pierce. Also, tonight, you need to go to theouthousers.com. You need to read an interview with Casey. Uh, with our good friend Crystal O'Rourke, the Indie Huntress. She'll be dropping that interview this evening. 
uh, with Casey. So you can listen to Casey, you can read about Casey, and then you can go to Kickstarter and you can support Casey and Sean in their endeavor to bring this amazing, amazing book to life. I've seen little snippets and previews. If you go to Kickstarter, you can see them yourself, and uh, it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be something beautiful and bold and exciting. So uh, hopefully you'll find the same type things in this conversation because I did well having them. So here you go. Uh, you better strap yourselves in for this one because you're going to space, kids, as we always do. Get lifted. Here we go. Casey Pierce. So thanks for hanging out, man. I am so excited about this. You have no idea. <laughs> and when you asked me, you were like, I want to be the first uh, interview. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. There was no there's no other show I'd rather have to be my first interview for my first comic than an elegant weapon. That is incredibly cool of you to say. Uh, it's an honor to be the first one to start the party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be big. I'm We're really, really stoked. Everybody at Source Point is stoked. I'm stoked, of course. Um, we really believe in this project, so it's a crazy cool. time in general to start off the year. Speaking of Source Point Press, and I didn't intend this to happen; it was not intentional. But you are capping off a five-week straight run of Source Point Press guests. <laughs> I heard that on the the Sean Seal podcast. You know that's awesome. I mean, this Michigan militia. You know, I'm a, I'm on the right train. You know. And, Travis gave me a wonderful opportunity, and I we had spoke about how I've met Travis before, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like fate, destiny, whatever. I mean, we were just, it seems so weird. It was only like two or three years ago. It was like, we were just kids back then. But it's true, you learn so much in just a few years, and look where we are now. It's crazy. Well, that much talent and hard work is going to pay off, you know, when you got a team like that going. I mean, I am so proud of myself for actually finally getting Sean Seal on this podcast. Like, <laughs> Yeah, getting him out of the crypt. I am talking years, uh, years of bugging that guy. And every time he'd pass it off on someone else. And I'd end up having a great talk with whoever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I finally got him. I was like, look. No, I wasn't like that at all, actually. <laughs> I sent a pretty sappy little like message. I was like, dude, if you ever decide to, if you're ever willing to, I would be honored to have you on my show. <laughs> no, aw. Yeah, he's phenomenal. And, you know, um, Travis I, always calls me a shit throw monkey because I'm very primitive. And it's true. Um, <laughs> sorry, I booked off. So I'm like, oh, it's so heavy and moody and atmospheric and how is he doing it, you know, and it looks, it doesn't look like color pencil, and he's like, uh, he's a fine artist, he's like a painter, I go, oh, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, well, it was neat when I was talking to him about it, I guess he's actually going to implement a few different things into the painting and stuff, I guess there is going to be some digital work digital, in there, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I'm big on that, I'm big on the combination, like there's, there's always this school of thought of it's got to be one or the other but it's just like in the movie prosthetics always work best with a little bit of digital cleanup you know mm -hmm. what i mean absolutely. absolutely like guillermo del toro movies i mean that's why they look so cool because he makes the costumes but then they clean it up digitally and 
a little bit of color there, a little dash of this or that there. Right, it's, it's like it's like smoothing it out. That demon picture, I can't wait to see what's behind that. But holy shit! <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's an alien species. Is that and, what that is? Yes, it is, and I'm I'm so stoked. And it's funny because when we release the first issue, we're gonna be hitting kind of with a soft hit, but a window into um, what's gonna happen later on and how she obtained this ability. And it does involve an alien species. So it's very Heinlein-esque. I draw a lot of inspiration from Heinlein. So. Okay, right on. Okay, let's kind of start at the beginning then. So, you know, you have a banger year last year. You know, mm-hmm. Pieces of Madness comes out. Everybody loves it. And, okay, so basically, did you decide I maybe want to start writing comics? Because I think you had this story before like a little bit ago, and then Travis hooked you up and said, I think Sean would be a good idea for you to do this with? You know, um, Nora had started off on my blog. Um, That's but, right, yes. Yeah. Yes, the Prophecy Effect. I would blog a chapter a month. And that was before Pieces of Madness. That was before anything. Right. Um, I started writing that just to exercise writing fiction because I wrote snarky blogs, and I wondered if I could do it. And I remember it was during, I think, when we had those really bad ice storms, um, I was trapped inside my apartment a lot. And I thought, you know, I'm going to give this a go. And uh, I was listening to music, and there's this very cryptic piece. Uh, It's a classical piece that I always listen to. Actually, the Pieces of Madness little trailers that I did that have that cryptic piano in it, that's the song. It's called uh, Something Happened Here. And it's by Lunds. And when I listened to it, I just imagined a woman... She's walking into a dark room. What is she walking into? She sees, you know, someone very vulnerable. Where is she? I'm like, I don't know. It just came about that she was in someone's head and she was trying to pull them out of a coma. And um, it was only supposed to be like a one shot, like, oh, here's this little ditty that I made, you know, and then I'm like, well, we can add on to this. Oh, guess what? She's got a sister named Vera. And then this happened. And I was kind of like a child with it and started building it. I'm like, there's something here. And then Nora became very much a part of me. And, um, my friends are always catalysts uh, for my characters. So Vera with Holly, um, James sees Helms, of course, my brother from another mother, you know, James Jaskolsky. So um, that's all how that came about. But um, when Travis, you know, Travis had been uh, asking me before, you know, what I would want to do. And I wasn't, you know, comic scripts intimidated me because I'm like, I don't think panel by panel. I just can't do that. Um, you know, I do novelizations. And then once I saw a comic script, I'm like, I can do that. (laughs) You know, now it's hard to go back to the other. But then I said, you know, there is a story that I have that could very easily translate into a comic script. And uh, I pitched it to him and uh, he was all about it. So um, that's, you know, I'm kind of surprised, actually. I thought you were going to say the opposite, that it'd be difficult. Because even though there is dialogue in your novelizations, like in Pieces of Madness, it's not, you know, there's a lot of narrative there, too. But the great thing is that I learned, and it sounds so lazy, but I'm like, what's created I can describe a scene without having to be, like, grammatically on point? And the illustrator just takes care of the rest. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but, and there's some, even like when I'm writing for John, I'll put like, John, this should be scary as fuck. <laughs> there you go. Right, right. And then it, the only thing is that, you know, you have to put 
P.1, P.2, make sure your page numbers are right. And um, I always tell illustrators, I'm like, I'm not married to the way that these panels are. You know, there doesn't have to be six panels on this page. But illustrators are telling me, like, yeah, we know that that's our job. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're learning. Just make right? sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that the ideas flow quicker then because you're only having to kind of write out you know, basic scenes and then really concentrate on the dialogue. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you can just bang off stuff quicker now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like playing the piano. Um, okay. And sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll set out and I'll be like, okay, I want um, this scene to follow this scene. But most of the time it's just scenes happening naturally. And when I write, I act out these characters or become these characters. And I think, well, you know, in the real world, how would you respond? I try to make these characters as genuinely humanistic as possible. And um, so basically I'm schizophrenic half the time. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's a good quality to have as a writer. It, it, you know, I, I, I mean, I took my own horn, but I find that it is because a lot of people say, you know, um, there's a lot of human elements to it, you know, highlighting the human condition. And that's what I'm all about. You know, even though it's science fiction, even though it's fiction, um, you know, I want someone to identify with the character somehow, some way, and you'll find that um, there's a lot of truth in my fiction, but I won't tell you what's true and what's not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it all comes from experience, right? I mean, you're going to get deep now, though, because now you're literally getting into people's heads. You've got this right. girl going around fishing through people's minds. Ah, it, it, yes. it doesn't get much more intimate than that, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. But with Nora, um, and actually, if people want to go to CosmicKC.com, both of case, um, if you go to the Prophecy Effect and go to Nora's Confession 1, Nora's Confession 2, I totally John Prashante out uh, like during a snowstorm, and I recorded these monologues uh, all day long. And um, But if you listen to both of those tapes, these confession tapes of Nora's, this will get you up to speed on what exactly is going to happen in the comic series. Ah. So you don't even have to read it. You can listen to it. And uh, That's cool, man. Yeah. And it, it is cool because I don't have to sit here and, like, you know, explain it and be scared that I'm giving a spoiler or anything. But, um, but yeah, Nora, I mean, what we're seeing now is Nora is a coma fisher. So she has the ability to delve into the mind's eye and either retrieve from or help you cross over uh, during a coma, depending on your condition. So she's a coma fisher for hire, but it's actually her past that's the real story and how she obtained the ability. She was one half of um, a private CIA sector uh, who worked in pathogenic development. So she used to create hellish viruses uh, for means of biological warfare. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it isn't until um so so I'm talking like viruses that would uh be for means of torture that would, you know, break down the body slowly. If you wanted to send a message. Yeah, that, that's a, a shady past, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. She was a contract viral killer for the government, basically. She was one half of a team. The other half was her husband. Um, they're both scientists. So um it isn't until they're approached by a general um, who wants to create an intergalactic branch of the military. And they had set aside or shelved a old baby of theirs called Project Warlock um, that was a superhuman drug. 
So, and I'm just going to stop there, but there is uh, elements, you know, they're yeah, building sets this, it up it, pretty good. Yeah, it, it does. So yeah. you've got um, an alien race, you've got threat of the mass genocide of the human race. Um, and you find out exactly how she obtained this ability to do this. But all the while, amongst all this chaos, she's really a woman coping with the loss of her husband. No. Oh. And that's not, and that's the human element to it, and that's really what it comes down to. And that's not a spoiler; you're gonna know that from the jump. Well, you so, gotta have a core too, right? Like you gotta have something that you gotta feel for. Whether your main character is a good or bad person, you've still gotta feel for them to want to go mm-hmm. along with the story, right? And, oh yeah, and she's yeah. a tragic character. I mean, um, I mean, I love her to death, but. Um, <clears throat> But it's funny because I was telling Sean, I was like, she's lovely, but give her resting bitch face to where she's hard to read. She's not a bitch, though. And I'm just trying to, you know, as he read the story, I think he got it, you know, later on. But um, she's in a constant state of mourning. And I, this is not a bummer of a comic. It's very fun. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's, that's at, the, at the heart of this whole giant wild story. Um, that's what it all comes down to. I, I'm i so excited for this in the way that it's a really unpredictable situation. Mm-hmm. You've got people who know what they're, they're doing. I mean, you and Sean both know what you're doing. You know how to write. He knows how to paint. But you're both stepping into new areas that mm-hmm. are, you know, pretty unexplored. And are you feeling any kind of pressure because of the buzz? Because there's buzz. You know people are really excited about this. You know, I'm not feeling no? too much. I, I don't know. You know, all I'm trying to do is tell a good story. And if five people like it, that makes my day. See, I'm excited for what, for the originality that's probably going to come out of this from the inexperience. Mm-hmm. In a certain way, you guys aren't going to follow certain rules because you haven't learned those rules yet. You know, honestly, Jason, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> you excited. Said, you guys know what you're doing. I go, does anyone really know what they're doing? No, but I mean, you know how to write a, a story in whatever Ooh, form yeah. that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And in A, B, and C. Yeah, yeah is, I got it. Is entertaining <laughs> enough. Yeah. Sean, Sean knows how to put a brush to a piece of paper and make something legible that you can tell what it is. We so, can put pages and pictures together with yeah. words and we'll make comics. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you don't spell every word wrong. <laughs> no. Though, you know, that's, that's why Travis is there. <laughs> but Travis you, is a really good editor, by the way. I, I really don't good. know how he does it, man. He has put himself into this whirlwind of activity. And... You know, go, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Do, what are you going to say? Travis is just a natural born leader and, um, not that I'm a natural born leader, but we are very like-minded people. Um, and that's why I could get on board with him real quick. You know, I would follow him to the battle any day. And I know that you guys have mentioned this need to achieve. And what's so funny. Oh, yes, the need um, to achieve. <laughs> it, you know, in the Sean Seal interview. But what's so funny is right before you quoted Braveheart, I was going to quote Braveheart. The, <laughs> and it wasn't that line. I was going to quote, um, you know, Anybody, you just got to get up and do it. And I always say, why? Why is that impossible? You know, you're so concerned with scrambling for the scraps of Longshank's table that you missed your God-given right to something better. I think about that all the time. I tell my boyfriend that all the time. 
you know, you got to have that mindset of a champion. You just got to get out there and do it. And, um, you know, even if you got to fake it till you make it, oh, yeah. make it, Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. do it, you know? Yeah. Um, no, but absolutely. We both have these mindsets of champions. Like we are going to succeed. It's not a matter of wanting to succeed, to succeed. And it's not a matter of, well, you know, I might fail. No, that you do or don't. And well, we're going to do it. I'm trying to figure well, I'm trying to figure out where it comes from because even though Michigan's got this great thing going on, especially Source Point Press has built this amazing team of hardworking, talented people, but I've always said there's something else in the water and I mean it to the extent of you all have these strange individual things that are pushing each of you. Like you've each got different stories of where you came from and how you ended up as part of this group of people who are mm-hmm. all just super driven and yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting divine. yeah it's an interesting story you know what i mean i mean i i haven't dealt i don't think i've delved into Travis, travis's beginnings and such i'm not sure if we've talked about that me and him but just knowing what he's been doing the past couple years and seeing how many things he's involved in how many plates he's spinning and that he doesn't lose it He's all. He always seems to keep his cool, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just one foot in front of the other, and it's a calm, steady approach that he seems to have, you know. He he doesn't go nuts, you know. It's not. He, he's definitely quality over quantity, you know. Absolutely. He's and, a very rational thinker. Yeah. And, and amongst the art community, you've got a lot of irrational thinkers because we're all emotional thinkers. Um, not to say that Travis isn't emotional. Travis is very sensitive. Um, but he has the ability to rationalize more so in this industry than other people. And he's very business minded. Um, so being an equal amount of creative, equal amount of business minded, um, you know, and another 50% of it just being able to, uh, rationalize under pressure. He's 150% a human being. Right. So he's, right. Uh, he's not from this planet, but you know, <laughs> I, I love him to death. And like I said, he's a natural born leader and I'm so, happy that he gave me this wonderful opportunity it had you considered going into comics at all before he approached you mm-hmm. yeah oh I did. yeah okay i was just really intimidated by scripts and i remember i saw i won't say the script but i did see a script and i'm like that's it oh shit i can do that yeah <laughs> uh, you know i i doubt myself and we all do Oh, are you kidding? Doubt is what I think keeps it real. Doubt is, uh, that's one thing I think maybe I've learned most from all the people I've talked to on this show is having to overcome things as crazy as doubt are the hardest parts. You know what I mean? We all, we are our own worst enemy. We always will be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's the way we overcome it. You know, uh, I always have that Arnold Schwarzenegger mantra, the six rules of success. Rule number one is trust yourself. No matter how or what anyone else thinks, trust. And yourself. that's that's probably the it's probably the most important yet hardest thing to do at times. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, this is episode one hundred and eighty-four of this podcast, and I doubt myself every episode. And oh, it's huh? very you should, you're the best in the biz, man. I tell everybody. No, I tell no, everybody. No, 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 Jason no, no, Clark no. is the best podcaster in the biz. No, 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 no. There's far, far more interesting and entertaining people to listen to than me. But I think what does work is I my style is me. 
Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's through and through to the core me. If you met me at a bar in a library or on this podcast, you're gonna meet the exact same dude pretty much, I think. I mean I can I, I can turn on when I need to host something or you know, that's that's the job. Right. But I I've tried different ways and different things over the years with this podcast. And what I realized was just be you, man, and just, you know, just just do it. Just let it go however it's going to go. And that's usually how it turns out the best. But it's like it's hard to trust yourself. You know what I mean? It is. It is. And the, the exact same things you just said, I tell Crystal Aurora all the time. Um, because, you know, we fall into this thing of just uh, – you know, reading other people's blogs or listening to other people's podcasts. And how are they doing it? Is that the way they're supposed to do it? There's no right way to do this. Like I said, no one in this right. industry knows what the fuck they're doing. And anybody <laughs> who thinks that they do, is fucking lying. Yeah. And it's true. I, yeah. It's true. And if you are true to yourself, then you already stand out. Yeah. So yeah. thank God for me, when I started, you know, Cosmic Casey, um, I look back at old articles and I'm like, ugh. And, uh, you know, old videos and stuff. I didn't know anybody else out there was doing the same thing, and they were. I just was like, oh, this seems like fun, and I got an audience that way, even though I was horrible at it. Um, <laughs> I was just like, I don't, I'm just having fun, and that's what you're doing too, and you're very genuine, and people appreciate that. When you're genuine, they feel like they can relate, and that's what podcasting is all about. They want to hear something that's no old barred, that's from real human beings, that are genuine, that they can relate to. It's... So, uh, thank you. I appreciate that because, you know, that's that that leads to what I consider to be the most. Again, it all comes down to me enjoying the conversation and getting something out of it. And if somebody else can get something out of it, too, that's fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> like like you're mentioning, listening to other people's podcasts, because I'm also a fan of podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's so tempting and easy to compare yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you, you instantly start holding yourself up to that other podcast and judging yourself mm-hmm. and, yeah. and thinking, well, maybe I should do a little more of that or maybe I should try it this way. And I think one of my strengths is being able to tell myself to shut the fuck up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and having learned over four years of doing this that you can't be anybody but you. And you there's, no, there's no reason to do it if you're not, right? Like that's why I'm excited about this book and the fact that I know that you are two individuals who are just going to do it the way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, and it's going to be so the both of you, you know what I mean? That's, that's what's exciting is. It, I'm, I, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very, but your moods, like moods I have felt from both your works, just it's, it's a no brainer. Like, yeah, Travis, you're brilliant and everything, but I'm sorry, that one is a no-brainer. That one's a no-brainer. Hooking you two up was like, yeah, no-brainer. So those styles are also the fact that, you know, you haven't done many comic scripts. I just keep going back to that because I'm excited to – I think this is going to (laughs) be original. I think it's going to be neat. It's going to be cool to see you guys experiment and try to stretch yourselves, you know? You know, I think so too. And and Sean's been great. And yeah, I, I have had to have some patience with Sean um, <laughs> because he's he's got the fine artist type of mind. And fine artists are um, fine artists. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, yeah. There's, it, I told him one time, there's got to be a happy medium. I said, no, you you are creating yours image. 
And after you do that, now that you've been introduced to the character, you're going to be able to bust her out like a staple in your mind, no problem. Um, we just got to get over this hump. So, uh, but we encourage each other though. I mean, we are a team, you know, just mentally. Um, and John and I have connected on a personal level too, just as friends, you know, uh, we wind up having these deep philosophical conversations too, just about life and, um, just everything in general. So we really connected. Um, and I, he really felt the script. He told, told me, you know, I always wanted to work on something like this, which made me very excited. So when Sean gets excited, I get excited. But when he gets nervous, I get nervous. And I'm like, you know, I told him, I said, I'm handing over my infant. And then if I leave, if the sitter calls and says, hey, I'm kind of nervous about this, I'm going to spaz out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I will oh. kick your ass, Sean. I'd love yes. to do that. <laughs> No, I think it's good. No, he's good, though. He's, you know, everything is on schedule. He's rocking and rolling. I knew he could do it. Well, of course, that was obvious from the start. You knew he could do it. But what's going to be cool is when you actually see it. I'm sure seeing, you know, that alien species picture, uh, I'm just going to keep calling it the demon picture for the purposes of this episode because... Well, that's fine. If that's that's all right. (laughs) Well, I can can tell you that his name is Modius. Modius? Yeah, well, that's the one that's the close-up. That's Modius Messenger. When you saw it, were there any real tears? Yes. Like for real. Yes. Yeah. I was looking at like, damn, that looks amazing. Then I'm like, oh my god. And then I read it, and I was just, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was just really, really floored that he. I mean, he's like inside my head. He just brings things to life, but in a way that. Like on a, a firework level, like I would never, never be, um, I would never even imagine. I mean, he's bringing my baby to life, and that, that means yeah. so much to me. He is so insanely talented. Like I kind of said that too many times <laughs> when I was talking to him, and I didn't. We were having so much fun talking. I, we didn't really actually delve too much into his style and his technique and stuff. And I wish I had a little more. I'll have to get him back on the show sometime and talk to him about mm-hmm. it more, maybe in Chicago, but it, it's, he's so good. He he's, is just, he just is. pure talent wise. I mean, it's hard to describe it on a podcast. Uh, you kids got to see the picture, but it's fine art in a, in a graphic style. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. Know. It's moody. It's atmospheric. Um, lots of plays with light. That it's I love. Thick. It's textured. Yeah, it's... thick textured, all like dark fuel tones. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's like a a broody um oil painting. It's very heavy, and uh, I'm a very heavy writer. So um I was very happy to um team up with him. But yeah, it, I remember reading the Michigan um anthology uh that Source Point put together, and I remember all my favorite stories aesthetically. Were those ones, and then I was like, oh, Sean Steele, Sean Steele. And I, you know, I creep on him on Facebook, and we had never really had a conversation, but I was always a fan of his from afar. Um, so, and that's not creepy. But <laughs> 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 yeah, Who isn't, I though? I and mean, I would show people, I'm like, look at this. This is yeah. amazing. No, he is mind blowing. So, for a mind bending comic, I could not pick anyone better than Sean. No. He is He's. One of the best out there. I mean, if not the, the finest artists out there. There's very few right now that 
that are just popping. But I mean, him, you know who else just pops for me? Could be my favorite artist right now is Ryan Lee. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Casey, that guy, I, I could just... I feel like when I'm looking at his at his work, my eyeballs are falling further and further into the picture. Right. Do, do you know what I mean? Like his right. his detailed style, and that's something that's great about what Sean putting into this work too. Is you could get real deep into that and just yeah, stare at a page for a long time. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what's the plan then? I mean, I like the fact that you you just kept going on it. Like the fact that we could listen to your monologues and you didn't kind of evil dead it. You didn't kind of redo and go over it. You just kind of was like, okay, that's like a precursor and mm-hmm. the blog and such, but here we go from here on. So what's the plan right now? How many issues are you thinking? Oh, well, I was signed to four issues. Um, okay. So the first one will drop in March uh, at C2E2 on the 18th. I'm very excited. That's actually one of my favorite shows. Um, oh, I'm finally not going to be left out of the party. I'm so oh excited. Oh, my God. Oh. You know, it's not a party until you're there. Yeah. You know, w- the party's over when Jason Clark went. <laughs> every <laughs> year, every year, I feel like I'm so left out. It's unbelievable. And I feel like every human being I know on Twitter, on Facebook, is at C2E2. Oh, it's, and, it's amazing. Oh, my God. And yeah. I'm making so many dollar shots again this year. <laughs> well, I, I just I applied for press, too, on a whim. I was like, "Man, why not?" And two hours later, they're like, "All right, you're in." And I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> That's awesome. You I gotta deserve it. Oh, I hope so. They they think so, which is awesome. Maybe that'll actually help me get press for my own hometown con this year for a change. But yeah, you know, Canada. Yeah, yeah. Fan Expo. What's going on there? You got no love for an elegant weapon? Jesus. <laughs> so the four issues, are you going to kind of look at it as like a mini series? Are you going to leave it completely open-ended or kind of wrap up that story, but where oh, we could no, have more? Oh, we're going to yeah. keep going. Okay. Keep on as long as y'all let us. Right, right. Um, so it, it's definitely going to be a saga. I plan on making this like the Bible, dude. It's just going to go on and on and on. Um, but we are doing the four issues. And um, we have a Kickstarter for those. And that will be compressed into one book eventually. And we're thinking, like, um, releasing that as a book in the fall, um, you know, with a nice hardcover. And, uh, like, a trade, like a trade, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And trade has right a, Travis has a very, um, very great ideas for that. But as of right now, February 2nd is when the Kickstarter will drop. Um, and it's well, a little book. We're recording this right now. It is January 25th, 2016. But people are going to hear this on February 2nd, 2016. So today. So today (laughs) in your worlds, people who are listening to this, in fact, today the Kickstarter for Nora has begun. Yes, today the Kickstarter has begun. It is a a lower goal of $500. That's not what we're asking for. Um, What, $500? Mm Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. My predictions, I'm predicting. Oh, we should have taken, if I knew you were doing that limit, I would have started a pool. Um, I'm saying 36 hours. All right. All right, I like that. I was going to say, I, you know, a few weeks. I'm saying 30. I bet you, I bet you that's funded in 36 hours. 
Today, and that means it's starting today in your world's kids, February 2nd. So get on there. Don't make me look like a fool. You know, <laughs> make me look like a genius and get on there and pledge because that's measly for a Kickstarter goal. That is that is so humble. Uh, 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 right. You know, well, like, come on. Really, the goal is we really, really genuinely believe in this project. All of us at SourcePoint do. Um, we think that this story. You guys don't so do cool. things you don't fully believe in there. And it's true. We're not going to waste your time and money. Yeah. Drive yeah. Some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's true. And we just, we really think this has legs. And we're uh -huh. not about the money right now. We're just trying to get this in as many hands as possible. We really think we're going to change. We're going to change the game with Nora. It's a really game. I believe it. I believe it. I have a feeling it's going to look like something we haven't seen too many times, you know. I'm calling this the next Tart. Yes. Yes, That's I'm calling awesome. this the Very next Tart. Well, Tart was a comic to me that was, even though it's a comic and it's set up like a comic and looks like a comic, it doesn't look like a comic and it's not set up like a comic. Like, I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense, but it's... It's unconventional, yeah. It's absolutely. something that literally jumps off the shelf, kicks you in the ass, and makes you want to read it. Mm -hmm. And in that respect, I think Nora is going to be the same thing. I think people are going to just see it and be like, what the shit is this? You know? I hope so. so. We're, we're looking to blow some minds. I mean, really, 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 really. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of story to it, to almost to where you're like overwhelmed, but it makes sense. It all comes together and it's, um, it it's not as... sound too out of control. I mean... No. You know, if if I could understand it in my state from the way you described it, then I think you're doing okay. Well, it's funny because when Travis was reading over the scripts, I had used the F word in one, you know, the second script in the beginning, and he said, you know, in his edits, you know, just a reminder, you know, that takes it to a different rating. And then he read later on, he's like, okay, I know what rating we're going for. <laughs> After he he read about the gratuitous violence, the gore. And, um, so does SourcePoint self-rate then? Uh, I mean, we want to make sure we know who our target audience so is. So you, so is there gonna there'll be like an explicit or a mature tag on there type thing, or? I think so. Okay. I don't know. I, I have to ask him. <laughs> that's his job. <laughs> yeah, that's all his job. We'll let him worry about that. I, I just, I just, you just write the like, damn thing. Yeah, I, I just write the shit. I always do that. I just write. Oh man, it's my first day. I just work here. Um, but uh, no, and, and again, it's it's just in the same vein as pieces. I don't use gore for the sake of using gore. Um, this is all very psychological and necessary. Um, it is it, a very heavy piece. It's everything that comes out of me is. It was just so wild because you know I, I I'm a cheerful person, um, but you know we all have a, a tragic a tragic part of ourselves. Um, so that definitely comes out when I write for some reason and. Oh. Well, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you got to get it out somehow. I think the people who have trouble in life are the people who who can't get it out and therefore cannot live a happy life. You know what I mean? It's true. Like it, like the podcast thing. If I let the self doubt get to me, I couldn't just keep rolling along. You know, it's you know as cheesy it is is it's like a Dory thing. I always say to myself, just keep potting. Just keep potting, and yeah. you know, eventually you'll end up somewhere, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, keep it's possible. great. 
it's great that you have a way to express that. You know what I mean? That's one thing I envy and kind of, you know, podcasting is fun and great and I get to express myself, but sometimes I consider, you know, unless I was to sit here for an hour and tell a sappy story about a tragedy that happened in my life, it's not the kind of thing where I can get it out. You know what I mean? That's the way, a way I envy people who, you know, can write it's, or draw these things out of their heads, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. And and I'm some I'm a very expressive person, verbally typing, um, you know, um and I know especially for artists it's just hard to um and, and for a lot of people use their words and um sometimes my words get me in trouble. But uh <laughs> I have no problem using them. <laughs> So, yeah, I have no no problem really telling you how I feel unless I think it's going to hurt your feelings. And I'm very sensitive, so. I don't think I've ever heard you say a mean thing to anybody. So maybe I just happen to be not been there when somebody pissed you off or something. Well, most of the time I say, you know, if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. I think Grand Rapids was the grumpiest I've ever seen you. Was I grumpy? Not that you were grumpy. No, no, no. I want to know, though. Not that you were grumpy. More Okay, here was the thing about Grand Rapids Comic Con, though. That felt like a weird thing where we all showed up and we're like, okay, we're here, but we're all exhausted from kind of a year of conning and doing stuff. So we're all here and great and happy to be with each other, but we're all kind of just slightly zombied out i don't know if you picked up on that but no we were we were i think uh, a lot of everybody was you know i think there was it was a mel it was a fun con i had fun i think we all had fun Mm -hmm. but there was just a mellow atmosphere to it you know and yeah and i think the more tired you are the less patience you have so i remember we went to that bar uh for karaoke and they were you know when when you're sober and everybody else is drunk sometimes they get on your nerves if people are physical and this chick like was hanging on me and she's like, we're sitting and I don't even know who this is. And I'm like, we're sitting over there, you know, pointing to the group and stuff. And right. <laughs> I felt like, you know, doing a shoulder check, like, get the hell off me. You know, <laughs> it was one of, I was just tired. I was over it and I didn't mean to be like that. And she was drunk. She was just having a good time. And I, and I can rationalize and realize that, but, uh, yeah. And it was cold. It was like bitter cold. It was pretty cold, you know. It was. Yeah. It, it was, was just yeah. tired. I'm cold. I'm, I'm out of patience. Um, <laughs> and if that's as bad as I get in public, then it's uh, not. <laughs> are you gonna come visit us this year or what? Oh, at Fan Expo. Yeah, man. I wanna go. You should. <laughs> I'll find a way to go. It's uh, <clears throat> this whole Michigan thing. It's been. You know, I met so many cool people down there. I've met all you wonderful people and uh, found a place for myself to be involved. No, you're and, one of us, dude. Well, that's that's great. I so appreciate you saying that. And you still you still kind of want to have that at home as well. As much as you know, I love you guys. It's like it's like a big family out there. I'm honored and thrilled to be part of it. And the thing about Toronto, and I've kind of talked about this before, is it's it's just so big, right? It's just such a big city with, oh, it's enormous. And there's so much going on, just as far as the art culture, art education, museums, this, that, 
good God, it's insane. Hmm. And it, there's kind of these little comic creating communities, you know, kind of which, uh, you know, I'll put it in American terms so all you Yanks can understand. But there's like a Manhattan crew and a Bronx crew and a Brooklyn crew. So it's like the Jets and the Sharks? Kinda, you know, there's uh, dance-offs, uh, random dance-offs here and there <laughs> between different publishing companies. Um, <laughs> when you make comics, you make comics all the way. When your first cigarette, <laughs> your last dying day. Hey, there's blood in that ink, I tell you. So it, it's all these like private levels. Yeah. Is it clicky? No, not in any way. It's just so big, there's not a lot of interaction. And then when things do happen, like Fan Expo, it's such an enormous event that there's not a lot of time to socialize with other artists. Like you really got to work the weekend kind of thing, right? Like yeah, you never like have a chance. Yeah. You barely yeah. get a chance to leave your table. Yeah. Totally. It's a San Diego, New York level comic con. Mm. But as I've been doing this podcast and, you know, certain artists and creators in the area that I've met for a few years who have started to meet. And I'm very honored to say even through this show occasionally, and things are starting to happen here. And it's kind of cool because all of the kids who have come up from Michigan and have made good friends with certain people up here, it's kind of rubbing off. And, you know, people are starting to get really supportive of each other around here. People are starting to work together a lot more. And I'm just loving kind of getting to be this kind of conduit between the two, you know. Oh, absolutely. You and know, every, you guys e might as well be the Midwest. Well, I, you know every, every year there's more and more people from Michigan coming up for Fan Expo. And mm -hmm. I luckily get to, you know, get everybody together and have a good time as we've done the past couple of years there. I hope it happens again this year. But, like, uh, there's something that's being done now. And, in fact, it's on Volume 3. I talked about it. I can't remember if I talked about it with Sean. But it's kind of like what SourcePoint did. It's called the Toronto Comics Anthology. And they take about 33 different local cr creators. I think there were 33 doing 22 different stories in Volume 2. And, you know, things like this are starting to happen. And I'm getting so excited about it because they're about to start the Kickstarter in March for Volume 3. And many of the people involved in this one have already been on this show. So we're, I'm going to have them all back on. We're going to do a big old, like, Toronto comics anthology kind of series and I'm just, I'm really, really stoked about it because there's some really cool stuff. Like there's, it's getting to the point where since I started this podcast, a lot of artists who have stuck it out and are starting to succeed four or five years later, I'm starting to see it. You know right. what I mean? Like you guys like are familiar with Sean Daly, mm -hmm. you know, like back when I started, nobody knew Sean Daly didn't even know Sean Daly. He just, picked, <laughs> he'd barely ever picked up a pencil before when he started. Right. Right. And now he's got Ryan Stegman talking about him on podcasts. <laughs> right. And, yeah. you know, if podcasting is an art in any way, it's because of those real-life connections that happen through it. Mm -hmm. Because if you keep it real, it becomes real and it is real. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. you know, with the Canadians banding together, I worry that the Midwest and Canada is going to be like Jets versus the Sharks. So you might have to pick a side. <laughs> no, no. And no. you belong to us. No, you this is. <laughs> Don't put me in the middle of this. Don't make me choose. <laughs> oh, no. There's no question. There's no question. The way you get cosmic on you. Oh, good God. 
I still think we should just form a super province, like Mission Terrio or Michigan Terrio or something like that. You know what I mean? Or on Terrigan. And just, you know, you guys secede. What accent? I want to pronounce my vowels with that. That'd be cool. I'll be kidding. <laughs> we could pick up that. We we could just change our A's and start having that Midwest feel too, you know? Think you know, times. we spoke about this and you said you that we hold our A's. Well, you have, you're one of the particulars I hear an accent in, for sure. And, uh... I don't know why, but you seem to stick out to me, to most kids I know down there in Michigan. Hmm. I don't know why. I wish I could hear the accent. It's very Chicago to me. You, you <laughs> say it more like this. Like you just said it. You said accent. 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 It's more Chicago than Chicago. It's more Chicago. Accent. Chicago? I would say, yeah. It's Chicago. Yeah. So, Chicago. you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes you say it a little more accent. You know, That's it's pretty got, cool, though. I'm excited it, that I have an accent. See, you have the way you just said "have." You almost—it's almost like Minnesota. <laughs> you say it in a way. I don't know why, but you do. Have I this, sound like Bobby's mom from Bobby's <laughs> A little bit. There's a tiny tinge in there. I sound I'm like the chick from Fargo. Occasionally, it comes out. You know, it's very ah. You know, you yeah. gotta eat your eggs, Margie. You know. <laughs> I'm gonna sound like I'm so gonna sound like that when I'm older. Then we're gonna slowly start becoming more ah. Uh, what is it, Long Island? Like um, the mom from Bob's Burgers? That's going to be me when I'm old. I swear I'm going to be that mom. Bad, bad. <laughs> I hear it sometimes in me when I'm, like, I listen back to the show occasionally mm-hmm. and I hear me say things funny. But I think I say things funny in general, not because I'm a Canadian. I think it's just because I'm really stoned half the time. You know, when I was watching The Force Awakens, I was like, holy shit, Jason Clark is in this movie. You know what part I'm talking about. The Scottish uh, space pilot. Oh yeah, what the hell was that about? I remember <laughs> seeing him like, and being like, "What the fuck?" They put I think us... I leaned over to Jason and go, "Jason Clarkson is funny." Nice. <laughs> it was cool though, man. It was. It made sense because I was like, "Why would they put a Scotsman in there?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, half the galaxy's English, anyways. So there's got to be some backass backwater planet where Scottish guys come from, right?" Well, and they're always bad guys, normally. Well, not Ray, not Ray, of course, not this time, but, you know, I remember watching an Eddie Izzard special, uh, and he said, you know, the Death Star is just full of British accents because of the Revolutionary War. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty funny, because it seems like such an evil thing to have, you know, a British accent, you know. Well, it can go either way. It can be evil or it can be wise, right? So. Well, yeah, that's true. Maybe, or yeah. It's one or the other. There's no in-between. It's not like you can just <laughs> sound like an average Joe, you know what I mean, with an English. You almost have to go like Cockney or something. Be like, I know, governor, if you want to sound like yeah, just, that, you know, blue collar. We want to sound poor. <laughs> you know, you sound like you're a half Hungarian, like uh, in Malian or My Fair Lady. <laughs> Did you enjoy it, though? You liked it? The what? Force Awakens? Oh, yeah, I thought I was like, my fair lady? Yeah, I saw it. Dusty White and the Yeggins. Um, it's my favorite no, musical I've ever seen. No, I love The Force Awakens. I saw it twice. <laughs> I did, I saw it twice. And um, that was good, Gavin. No, it was, a, it was a great film. You know, um, it, it took me, like most people, um, I, I, I do get, if there's anything I get fangirl about, you know, or shove up my glasses about it is Star Wars because Star Wars is not a franchise; it's a religion. Um, so, 
But I will say, it takes a day to digest. And at first, you know, I'm blown away. And I started crying during the opening crawl. And uh, Jason makes fun of me for that. But um, <clears throat> it, it felt like Star Wars movie again, bottom line. Um, so I was thrilled about that. It wasn't about pod races or Victorians. It was just about the spirit of the force. And I love that. And I love the new characters. But after the day of digesting it is when you started doing the nitpicks. And you're like, okay. You know, it was heavy on the fan service. I'll admit that. And the way well, that... Well, I was going to ask you as a writer how you felt about that. Cause... You know, I liked that it introduced it to a whole new audience. It was it was definitely a reboot. And that's it was necessary people... in a way. It, it was. And people wanted a Star Wars movie again and i think this is not to distort with this but um when you are so in the center of everything you cannot see what people originally appreciated you are not a fan you are a creator so um handing that over to jj abram handing it over to disney which at first i thought was a very strange call like oh boy but um no in the end um, i think it, we came up with something beautiful and um yeah, bottom line, it was a Star Wars movie again. Yes, there's going to be nitpicks. And the fact that they kind of breezed over, you know, how did Han Solo find the Millennium Falcon again? That was pretty quick. And I remember reading yeah. an article, they were like, maybe he's some sort of mechanical Jedi. Nice, <laughs> nice. Like, yeah, I know. I... It doesn't matter. He's got the Millennium Falcon. Hey, look, I know we've spent uh, two thirds of this movie searching for Luke Skywalker, but just hold on a sec. We got to run over here and blow this thing up real quick, and uh, right, then we'll get right. then we'll get back to finding. I was just like, yeah, Hansel, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, it was. I I enjoyed it. I mean, I loved it. It was it was a very well made movie. It was totally Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's I'm holding faith that everything's going to still come together. Like, I understand that we had to take a step back to go forward in a way. I just hope we continue to go forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I hope they find a way, like uh, the Rebels cartoon that's happening right now. Yeah, It does an incredibly beautiful job of melding the two eras. Of it kind does. of picking... Is great. Yeah. yeah, it picks up certain things out of the Clone Wars that were incredible. Like like you say, like Lucas, did, he never cared about the fans. That's not why he made the movies in the first place. That's not why he made the prequels. That's not why he did any of it. He did exactly what he wanted to do. And that's why the he kept trying to push envelopes and experiment with the prequels, whether it worked in ways you liked or not. That's always been his mindset. It just it worked better for people the first time, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So I understand that we have to go to that. I just don't want Star Wars to lose uh the mystical idea of originality like yeah it was cooler the way they treated the force and it was more you know fantastical but there's certain things in the prequels that lucas tried that are still mind-blowing do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like are still really really ideas that aren't going to be attempted again for a long time right and they got lost amongst the shittiness yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I, yes, I I got to see a Jedi army, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the most well shot, choreographed, or plotted out or blocked out battle in any way. It was just a mess of of ballerina Jedi swinging around lightsabers, yeah, you know, at these flying things. But I got to see it, which is cool. But 
will I get a chance again? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, will, the, will, will I get to see a whole bunch of Jedi in their prime done with quality? That's my hope for the future. You know what right. I mean? No, I, I understand completely. And I, and like, I hope so. You know, yeah. I, I really can't predict that, but, um, I hope we don't, I hope episode eight isn't an empire clone. You know what I mean? Right. I want it to be com- something new. Let's keep moving. We, I don't we think better- it will be. It, yeah. Especially not. since they're doing rewrites and I think that they, they are listening to the fans. Now. Well, here's the thing with the rewrites though, is you can't listen to the fans too much because the rewrites, uh, what they're resulting in is the dropping of new characters. People so fell in love with your new trilogy that they want to focus more on the three of them. So there were two characters, in fact, that they've now dropped from Episode Eight script, so they can focus more on but the three of them. It, it, it's going and... back. It's going back to simple Star Wars principles, but at the same time, hopefully, making it original. Like, okay, you've got, you know, you had Han, Luke, you know, Leia, Chewie. No matter where they were they were the Rat Pack in every single film. And so I think that's what they're trying to do with this. Now you can have a lot of originality, but still keeping that same focus and principle because it's better to identify with a few characters than it is to, oh, you know, we have found lots of characters here, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I guess if, you know, if you're really into that core thing, like the most exciting thing for me in all of Episode 7 was seeing the Force vision. Because mm-hmm. we've never had a Force vision before. That's never happened in a Star Wars movie. I love that person. You know, we've never had any kind of flashback or anything. And also, within that Force vision, we now know, and Han talked about it, that Luke started a new academy. I want to see that so bad, I can't even tell you. Like, oh, I, no. I, I fall asleep at night picturing Luke training a bunch of new kids. <laughs> <laughs> But then the, uh, I didn't even get to see it before. Your wife's like, you're guy. thinking about Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I didn't even you're get to see it. trying to get intimate. It. Don't, yeah, don't nice. Luke. <laughs> Put that lightsaber away. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, but no, I mean, like, all in all, like, when I was watching the film, it was really important to me because I felt like a little girl And I remember right. the way that I felt about Han Solo the way I looked up to Princess Leia and um, to feel that again was great. I remember we were sitting next to these, these cute little boy and girl and they were, had to be like six, seven years old. And I'm thinking, you know, oh, they don't talk through the whole thing. But then um, this boy was trying to school his sister and saying stuff like, well, if you had read the Star Wars dictionary, you would know that yada, yada. And she was like, I don't need any more explaining. But then the movie had started and they were dead silent you can hear a pin drop i don't even think they touched the popcorn i'm like that they knocked it out of the park then these kids stayed silent (laughs) the entire time a six-year-old you know just like blown away i'm like there you go they just recreated star wars again but you know what um see okay (laughs) this is how i'm a freak though because i didn't know star wars as a kid like i saw jedi when i was six years old when it came out and I was six. So for me, all that mattered were lightsabers, speeder bikes, and Ewoks. Well, see, I grew up in a household where my brother was 13 years older than me. Right. So you were, you know, I'm, I was an only kid for all those years. So yeah, we, we grew up on Star Wars, liquid television, um, you know, and all sorts of weird things in pop culture that um, 
most people, you know, around my age weren't exposed to at the time. But anyway. What introduced me to Star Wars was Dark Horse Comics. Oh, yeah? And that's what it was for me. I started reading Dark Horse Comics, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, the old Sith War series, La, you know, Tribe of the La, or Lost Tribe of the Sith and stuff. And that was it. I was hooked. When I realized that Star Wars had this expanded universe that went 40,000 years worth of crazy stories, I couldn't stop reading them. I've so, got four four long boxes full of Dark Horse Star Wars comics that mean nothing anymore, but <laughs> to me they mean everything. I spent 20 years reading comics and novels and being obsessed with that. And then the prequels came, which showed me so much that I had read about but never got to see that they have a special place in my heart for those reasons. Yeah. So. So you're coming I am at it with a different perspective. A totally whole, yeah. different okay. perspective than yeah. most people do. So, you know, that. I've got this, like, I don't know. I've just got this link. For me, it's about Jedi. For me, it's about the, 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 the history of them. You know, for me, it was never about Han and Chewie and, you know, all the fun stuff and Lando. Like, I love the movies. Don't get me wrong. I love mm-hmm. that universe. I love that galaxy. But the, my favorite thing about the old trilogies is pretty much just the lightsaber battles, you know, like that's really and, cool, and Yoda, 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 that gets me. I, I will tear up uh, at Yoda's death. That that totally gets me. Right. But yeah, so I get what everybody's saying, and I get how it made them feel a kid, like a kid again. I just never had that experience, really. Right. You just have a totally different perspective, and that's actually refreshing, you know. And um, there's got to be a lot, you know, more people you know, like you that, you know, we're fans of the comics and take it from oh, that perspective too. So and there's yeah. some people who have never seen a Star Wars film, never picked up a Star Wars comic, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they come at it with no perspective. Oh, I'll just say, oh, it's a good movie. You know, so yeah. I yeah. guess it's all where you come from. And I don't know. I'm excited for the next one. But you know what I am thrilled with? Uh, I don't know if you've read any of the new comics that Marvel's putting out. Yes. There. Oh, they're phenomenal, oh, especially God. Darth Vader. If if you haven't, you got to read some of the Darth Vader title. Marvel it's, is knocking it out of the park. With they are now. I didn't like how it started. I right. didn't like. I didn't like the first bid. There was a little too much photorealism and attention to, you know, the whole brand type thing. But ever since Shattered Empire and Darth Vader kind of started, I'm like, okay, this is this is fantastic. I, I'm really liking where this is going now. Yeah, they really shaped up since the first. You know, the prince, they first initially started doing Star Wars. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm very excited for those. Okay, enough about Star Wars. Let's get back to uh, the real thing at hand as uh, we're kind of approaching later in the evening. I am so excited. Chicago, C2E2. Um, damn. So, Source Point Press is going to be set up there? Yes, they are, and we are going to actually have like signing times because I will be there with Greg Wright, who's also. Um, oh, I finally get to meet Greg too. I, this well, is I so think exciting. he's going to be. There. Don't quote me. I think he is. He should be. I think he is. Right. I think okay. he is. But he, yeah. he he does have Monstrous, which is selling phenomenally well. Um, Greg Greg is amazing. Um, but anyway. I love Wild Bullets. Wild oh, Bullets yeah. is one of the best things I read last year. And that's, that's selling a- like crazy too. He, and he's a great salesman. I will say. <laughs> yeah. But he's it's also always... he's a great talent, great writer, great cat, just so genuine, speaking of genuine. 
I've uh, had him on twice now, and both times were great talks, so I can't wait to meet him. Oh, he's really cool. But um, we're going to have signing times, um, so those will be posted ahead of time. Um, I know that we are going to be doing a panel, hopefully, um, about uh, how to sell a script. I'm very excited about that. Um, so, yeah, we're taking our enterprise to Chicago, and we're going to take over, baby. It's going to be good times, uh, and, of course... An elegant weapon's gonna be there. Yes, yes, yes. I'm I'm looking at my booked flight right over there, which is uh, I'm very, so very, excited. I know it's kind of crazy. I got a big uh, schedule lined up this year, kids. Let me actually tell you all out there while I tell Miss Casey here. I'm so I'm doing Chicago. Uh, then in April we're gonna be down covering the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. Then in uh, May, of course, Motor City Comic Con, my favorite show of the year, absolutely. And then in June, early in June, I'm hoping to be doing, this one isn't in stone yet, but I'm hoping to be doing the Niagara Falls Comic Con. Uh, It's the fifth year anniversary for Niagara Falls, and I just hear fantastic things about that show. What, is that the first weekend in June? Say again? Is that the first weekend in June? It's, yeah, it's like the third or something like that. Oh, that's right. It's for my birthday. Oh, I always perfect. have to let people know that my birthday is June 4th. <laughs> I'm like, go on, keep going. <laughs> and then uh, we hope, well, we don't hope, we are going back to Denver and uh, hoping to keep it together a little better this time, this year in Denver, because it got pretty crazy last year in Denver. Really? I've never been to Denver. What do you mean, really? Me in Denver? <laughs> Put two and two together there, Casey. Uh, all right. Oh, oh, I just did. <laughs> like, Denver's in Colorado. Oh. Yeah. oh. I get it. I ate this chocolate, <laughs> these three little squares of chocolate, and I'm sitting at this table behind a microphone, and it's I basically have a sign in front of me that says, come talk to me. You know, we're a podcast, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't even open my mouth. <laughs> I was like, I was just, there was like a 25 minute kick you in the ass, like just lose your mind shit. It was so fucking weird. And my good friend, Josh L. Hawkes, he had the other three pieces and he decided to go for a walk. And I'm like, okay, you're going to go walking through this Comic-Con tripping balls. You're crazy. Okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to sit right here and smile at people and, <laughs> you know, hope they walk yeah, away. Strange type question. Of, yeah. Like, do you think God would think? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, how about about twenty five minutes later, he comes walking back, but I see him like thirty feet away, and we just make eye contact, and it's like one of those, oh fuck, like we're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, oh Jesus, right? Uh, Plus, De- Denver serves. They have a stand up bar every fifty feet, so. Yeah, you get one beer. By the time you're done that beer, you're at another bar to get another beer. Oh, so. And that's not, that's not smart. (laughs) I guess, I mean, it wasn't excessive because it's a Comic-Con crowd, but I mean, there's podcasters, most podcasters enjoy a pint or two, you know, so. What what did you drink when you were in uh, Grand Rapids? What did you order? We talked about beers. Yeah, because I'm not a huge, like, beer guy. I'm into light beer. So I'm not a big drinker, right? 
I don't drink a lot. I can't remember what we tried. I think we tried something I'd never had before. Didn't we? I thought so. Yeah, you picked something local because I had no idea what all this IP nonsense was all about. Right. You know? Right. And IPAs, I think, are more hoppy, and you like the lighter stuff, so. Oh, yeah. I'm a total Canadian beer pussy drinking, you know. Like, we have good beer here, and it's it does the trick. But I like, you ever had Moosehead? Mm-mm. No, but I've heard of it. Moosehead is my kind of beer. So, actually, I like Beck's or Heineken. Uh, Stella. I love Stella. Stella's probably my favorite beer. If I had to, you know, if I had to choose a pint, a preferred pint, it would be Stella. Mm. You know. Have you ever smoked weed? <laughs> I, I, I have before. Um, I, I'm just, you know, I'm not against it. I'm just not a fan. Um, no, I'm just curious if you've ever even tried it. Oh, Yeah. Well, I did. Oh, I, it, yeah. You think I'm square? No, no not uh, at all. No, it, it, but... makes, it makes me paranoid. Well, I would guess there's a lot of people I've met, and I would, you know, I could have maybe guessed that some people are just too busy for it. You know, some yeah. people get paranoid, and like you just you you think too much. I have a feeling your brain's too fast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because somebody said that you know, um, who eventually smokes weed. You know, he said if you um have a lot of anxiety in your life anyway, sometimes that will just sort of uh, amplify it and not calm you down. You'll start thinking yeah. rationally. Um, plus, yeah. my teeth hurt. But I know what? it sounds weird. My gums will hurt. Even when I'm getting a contact buzz, my gums will start to hurt. Now, I know I have low sinus pocket. People are like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, people are like, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, I have never I'm heard crazy. that term in my I life. Like low sinus pocket. I have a sinus infection. Like when your jaw hurts, I'm like. Are you clenching and not realizing or something? Like, are you like, like, (laughs) (laughs) are you sure somebody didn't sprinkle a little something, something in there that. No, because like, I I know when I'm getting a contact buzz from somebody because I feel pressure on my teeth or they get sensitive. Maybe it's just that I get over sensitive. Do you know what I'm saying? Like my nerves are sensitive. You know, I've never heard of it hurt anybody, but it affects everybody so differently. That's kind of one cool thing about it. I think it makes me hy- like hyper aware, and then like my nerves are hyper yeah. and I become actually high strung, so the opposite. Um, I'm just glad we're getting to the days where, even though it it's still super prevalent, the whole like just lazy stoner thing is kind of slowly starting to make its way out of the mainstream as far as that's the only way to look at a pothead you know what i mean like some people oh, yeah because there's so many medicinal properties to that well even though even beyond the medicinal properties of it i mean some people are better with it some people are better without it but the people that can do some of the amazing things they can do with it, it it's cool that it can be such a charge right you know what i mean like i'm not a lazy person and i'm proud to say that i work incredibly hard i have a very oh, yeah, laborious job I'm a father, I'm a podcaster, I I sleep four hours a night, and I'm constantly moving, I'm constantly mm-hmm. doing. You're functional. And I smoke a fucking shit ton of weed. Mm-hmm. That's why even I will get bothered by kids who aren't ready for it, you know, just getting lazy and stoned as teenagers. And that's why part of the illegality of it is can be damaging. There's no education to these kids that you're too young, this isn't the proper use, this isn't the proper... You know, let your brain learn what it's doing first. You know what I mean? 
Right, right. And there's more comes up, they don't even know what strain it is, you know, or if it's going to be too much for them, or and they're taking, you know, these gigantic bong hits, and then then they're getting really paranoid. And, you know. Yeah. Even I know my limits. Like, right. Right. Like if I'm if, when I moderate a panel, I will often lay off, just because oh, yeah. when you're in front of people, you kind of want to be on, and and w- the bigger the person, the less stoned I'll get. You know what I mean? Right. Just because I have to look at them as a human being, and sometimes when I'm too baked at a convention, I I can't. I'll, I'll get more starstruck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I literally like. Like, mm-hmm. I got the chance last year, Jonathan Frakes, I got to moderate his panel. He's got a great beard. Oh, yeah, it's a nice beard. You should see it close up. <laughs> um, And so I laid off that day because I knew I'd get more starstruck. Right. I knew my brain would just go too fast to be like, you're sitting here, you're stoned. It's William Riker. What the fuck are you doing? You sound mm-hmm. like an idiot. You can't get a word <laughs> you're out. You're hyper aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I took it easy on that one. And, uh, you know, it was a good time. I'm, I, I'm kinda... I remember um, someone, I won't say the name, but, um, you know, she was talking about smoking weed. And she, she habitually smoked weed. And uh, she said, you know, I have the really light stuff because I had actually tried it. And I'm like, well, I'm still tense and pissed off. And I'm just really hungry right now. <laughs> and she said, you know, I have the light stuff because I'm a mom. You know, I can't be tricking them all around my kid. Oh, of you course. Know? Yeah. So yeah. she's yeah, like, that's yeah. probably it, too. And she's like, you don't feel anything at all? I go, no, I'm really hungry. I'm still pissed off like I was before. <laughs> oh. uh, you know, I, I kind of like, though, that I've garnered this reputation as, like, the guy at the con who smells. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you sm- you you smell that smell waft by odds are it's me, because no fucking nerds do not smoke weed. They just don't. No, and if they think they think for other reasons, and I'm yeah. telling you, <laughs> Gillette needs to set up like you know the free deodorant stand and sample hey. at these places, like a spray booth. Like, you know, like when you're at a concert and they have the mist water boots when you walk into yeah. the mist tents, except it's like Axe body spray. <laughs> oh, man. Like going out into the crowd in Grand Rapids, I'm like, this crowd has no shame. It's like they're busting ass. They smell like onions. What the hell? Like... <laughs> oh, that's fun. So what else is your plan for the year beyond C2E2 and I assume Motor City? Uh, I'm also and Fan Expo and Labor Day weekend. Right, right, right. I'm also going to be at Indiana. I will be at Toledo and Hetzcon. Um, this is all out of order, of course. Um, I'll be at Great Lakes just on Saturday. Um, because I have to honor my day job. Um, and what else am I doing? What happened? Did I see that you were leaving your day job? Did yeah. you get a new day job? or? Uh, what happened was I worked for my family um, at a salon, and I'm a massage therapist for those who don't know. Um, and it was one of those things, it, it was what it was, and um, I love my family dearly, and I loved all the years that I had there, but the schedule that I wanted did not coincide 
with what they needed. And I was, I realized I wasn't living the lifestyle that I wanted to at 30 years old. And, um, it wasn't fair to either one of us. It wasn't fair for me to lie to myself and it wasn't fair to them to stand in the way of someone with more gumption for the job. <clears throat> so, um, we parted ways. And, um, so I took up another sort of like a, a two day job to suffice because I work at a chiropractor too. Um, right. so, you know, just, just a little job for some income. So I can have, you know, the weekends off because, you know, writing means a lot to me. And if I don't, pursue it head on I'll never know what to do so I didn't want to live the rest of my life not knowing good for you you gotta you gotta take the plunge you know what I mean absolutely absolutely that's why I kind of like I was like you know what I I I have a fit like once you got you're because you don't have the kids yet so you're in a good position there's no kids there yet once the the kids come that's it it's all over it all changes and I don't mean that to sound negative negative. You know, I, my kids were deliberate, no mistakes there. I wanted children. I wanted a family. <laughs> That's, you know, everything's going according to the plan I set. Just didn't plan on getting so into this podcasting thing. Of course, obviously, if I could podcast 24 hours a day and that'd be my job, of course, I would do it, mm-hmm. but I can't. So that was part of it where I was like, hey, this podcast got to be me. This podcast can't be all like, hey, how you doing? It's Tuesday night. We're going to be talking about blah, 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 you know? I'd be like, how like, much do you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, guerrilla styles, you know what I mean? I'm going to hit cons. I'm going to talk to my friends. I'm going to yeah. Skype. And this is something that is, is just you that you look forward to. And, I, you know. Well, it's not just me. Right now it's me and you. Well, and true. the next, and before it was me and Sean. And next time it's me and somebody, and that is the coolest part of it. It's always not right. always, but, but once, I mean, everyone's gotta have their individuality, whether they're in a family or not. You know, yeah, you don't want to yeah. lose that. And um, um, that actually, in my opinion, from what I've seen, being an outsider, I've never been married, um, but I see a lot of marriages fall apart because they lose who they are. And I think it's very important to keep one aspect of individuality because even after the divorce they're like you know i'm just so lost they have to get to know themselves again but um that's the number one thing you'll hear out of any divorce i'm actually divorced and that was the same thing that happened to me as uh, i hear it happened to everybody and you lose yourself Mm -hmm. and if you do lose that individuality you are absolutely screwed that relationship is not real anymore because there's no real person involved in it you know what I mean? Right. And one of the reasons I'm so in love with Erin is that her number one priority is for me to remain me. Right. If I even deviate from that, I am immediately reminded, like, what the fuck are you doing type thing. Right. 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 And, you know, so I know I know I'm in a good place there with that. And same thing with her. She's got to follow her passions and do what she wants to do. And we're so much happier for it, you know? So Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you grow and you change and you change together, but at the same time, you have to respect the person that they are. And if you don't love them for who you are, you know, and there's no point. So, mm. you know, I mean, when you grow and you change, you grow and change for the better, but you don't change who you are. No, no. So. I love you for who you are, Casey. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody, today... February 2nd, there is a Kickstarter. Go right now. Help me not look like a fool. 36 hours. 36 36 hours. I want this done, wrapped up, nice, 
clean, beautiful bow on top. Oh, I didn't even gonna... talk about the rewards. Can we talk about that real quick? Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Of course. So, I mean, what kind of rewards very, we got happy? They're, they're simple rewards. But they're very nice. Um, so if you buy like a physical copy, you can get um, pinups from John Merrickin, um, JJ Cott, uh, Seth the Moose. Um, Dan Doherty's working on one right now. Shit, that's a lineup. Yeah, it's exciting. And then, um, you will also get, you can get a digital copy, uh, a flash fiction from me. Um, so, you know, we're, like Travis says, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here, but you will get pinups, you'll get flash fiction, you'll get digital copies. No, that's super cool stuff. Yeah. 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 And it's it's not that for a couple bucks, you know? So. No, I mean, this is ridiculous how modest you guys are being about this. I was not expecting that at all, especially for a project uh, as deserving as there's ever been of a Kickstarter as this one is, oh, you know? Oh, thank so, you so much. You know, we appreciate that. We're so excited, and we genuinely, genuinely believe that this is, this is going to be something big. So that's why it's a 500 goal, because we, we just want to get up and running. It's going to be done. It's going to be cleaned up. It's going to be finished just like that. Uh, Nora, that's with Casey, and that's with Sean Seal. That's out of Source Point Press. Travis, the hitmaker McIntyre, you have heard us speak much of him tonight. Travis, I just want to say thank you to Travis myself, actually, because Travis is incredibly supportive of my support of you guys, Mm -hmm. which is uh, always appreciated. You know, it's it's just enough for me that I get to have great conversations with all you Source Point pressers. Um, but I really appreciate the fact that Travis appreciates that and uh, is continually, continuously pushing this podcast out there. Oh, yeah. Even though he does, in fact, have his own kids, Snake Oil Comics podcast. Go yeah. check that out. Uh, go to Kickstarter. I'm. We don't know 100% the exact title. I don't know if it's just going to be Nora. Or it's Nora. Yep. It's, it's Nora. just Nora. Okay, well, just go to Kickstarter. Put in Nora. Uh, pledge your money, get it taken care of. Casey, we're going to do this again and again and again. Two, th- 2016. This is our year, baby. Year. Oh, are you kidding? It's going to yeah. be fantastic. Kids, that is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Take it easy.